in today's show. I'm going to tell you what I'm looking forward to on Tuesday and some streaming options, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we are available on all platforms. Here we are, looking ahead to Tuesday's action in the NBA. What I'm watching for in the 10 games, plus some streaming options. But remember, please hold your ads. Don't need to waste your ads on streaming with the trade deadline just two days away, three days away. Yeah, three days away. So, Gilly. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right. Let's look at... Actually, not Gilly. That's Warney. What am I talking about? Um, Suns and... Sixes. DeAndre Ayton. It's been a little bit down since returning. Low minutes. I think that's maybe just a function of him returning from the ankle as well as some blowouts in the mix there. But I'm watching it. I want to see what his minutes look like. Considering they've got McGee and Biombo, they can go small at times. They're playing some small-ish Wainwright minutes at center. Is this a regular thing for him? I really doubt it, but I want to watch. And then Mikael Bridges, who is rolling. He only played 26 minutes against the Wizards because it was a blowout, but he played 40 minutes in five consecutive games prior to that. His scoring is up. His production's way up. Let's hope that he can continue on a pretty high run of things because he's been great. But the Sixers, we always want to watch Joel Embiid because he's one of the best players in the NBA. But I want to watch Seth Curry, who I did feature on the Buy Low, Sell High show earlier today. Seth has been struggling with his shot. I think that's, that's pretty fair to say. Um... I expect that that's not going to be something that lasts for him. Yeah, that the shot will be great, I'm sure, as he comes around. But I'd like to see that start to um, to start to improve because it is a little bit of a struggle at the moment. And then Tyrese Maxey, talk about guys playing a lot of minutes. He's playing a lot of minutes. Really, really huge run of things for Maxey. Hasn't played under 35 minutes in like three, four weeks. Um, just getting a ton of playing time with Shake Milton out and Milton remains out. Thibault could be back in this game, but we really want to focus on Maxi, who's sort of establishing himself as a top 70 sort of player. Maybe there's a trade that happens that kills it, but for now, there's some really good value coming his way. The Celtics and the Nets. Al Horford. Find it really hard to get a full understanding of what to, how to value him rest of season. He'll play 30 minutes, he'll play 20 minutes. He'll have a good game in 30 minutes, he'll have a bad game in 30 minutes. It's all over the place. But he has hit 30 in three of the last four, actually 29 in the game against the Magic, but that was a blowout. Um, and the production's heading up. He is, I don't think, any more than a fringe 12-team league player, but it's heading back up. And then Marcus Smart was really poor against the Magic. I don't really hold that against him too much because he's been great before that. But he's only had 25 minutes in each of the last two games. So what does that mean? Is there any pattern there? Is it something we need to panic about? I don't think so. But, of course, when things like that happen, we want to watch it and see what goes on. For the Nets, there's no Kyrie because it is a home game. There's no Kevin Durant. 
Nick Claxton's questionable. LaMarcus Aldridge is doubtful. I don't know about Jimmy Harden and his hamstring. So is it time for Cam Thomas? He might have to lead this offense. He has been playing some big minutes, 31 and 32 the last two games. And if Harden's out, I expect 30 plus again and 20 plus points. And with Aldridge not playing, most likely not playing, and Claxton probably out, Blake Griffin's going to have another opportunity. If there's no Kyrie, Harden, or Durant, Griffin and Cam Thomas are going to have to do so much scoring. So there could be some stream value for both of those players for Tuesday's action. The Pacers and the Hawks. Second game for Indiana without Karis LeVert. Malcolm Brogdon might play. I highly, highly doubt it. It is questionable, but I highly doubt Brogdon plays. But how he fits in is going to be really interesting. What they do with Dwayne Washington, who played 31 minutes off the bench behind Keeper Sykes, is going to be really intriguing as well. Especially if Brogdon's out, I don't mind Washington as a stream option, but we just don't know that at this point. So watching how they decide to run that rotation um, will be really will be intriguing, I think, just to see what they decide to do and who they decide to play. As for Sabonis, his first game back was littered with foul trouble early, and that gave him just 26 minutes. I assume that that bumps all the way back up to 36 minutes after he's out of COVID protocols. And then those minutes, what does that mean for the Red Rooster? What does that mean for Goga Badadze? What does it mean for the usage of guys like Chris Duarte as well? For the Hawks, two underperforming players, DeAndre Hunter. The minutes are fine for Hunter, 36 and 33, but he's not even a top 200 player. You know, can he start to do anything that translates to fantasy leagues? Because at the moment, it's not there. And then Clint Capella, we know the problems here. Just consistently low minutes. Hasn't gone over 25 in three weeks. Two weeks, sorry. 19 and 20 minutes the last two games. Is this just who he is now? Low 20s in minutes? Is that making him a droppable player? Sure bloody feels like it. I, I am holding, but give me one more game of 20 minutes and I reckon I'd almost be ready to pull the pin. Almost. Let's go to the next game. The Clippers and the Grizzlies. Storm and Norman Power. First game for the Clippers was huge. Gigantic usage. Great efficiency. That combination is not going to stick. 36 usage, 73 true shooting, absolutely no way. But what his role is is going to be interesting. Do they start him and do they bump him to 30 minutes in this game? He played 24 off the bench last game. I think they will start him and I think he'll play 30. And I think he'll probably lead the team in minutes. But how does that usage slide next to Reggie Jackson, next to Marcus Morris with all of those other wings? And what does that trickle down effect look like for Canard, for Mann, for Coffey? Who moves to the bench? Is it Batum? Is it Coffey? There's a lot still to work out with the Clippers. And then how Marcus Morris fits in. He'd been terrible outside of the last game. Like he was really good in that game against the Bucks on Sunday. But is that real? I don't know. So this basically, you know, I've got Powell and Morris as two guys to watch. But Batum, Kennard, Coffey, Mann, Zubats, Covington, Jackson. Like how it all works is still a big mystery for us. For the Grizzlies, I'm real close to saying Brandon Clark's a 12-team drop. In fact, I'm probably almost in a 10-team on there. In a 12-team, it's getting close. Like, with the team basically healthy, the minutes have dropped back off, the production's dropped back off. There's not really much that I'm loving from him. Like, he's fine, but the upside's low. And then Steve Adams is pushing up. Good minutes, good production, getting some good assists. Is he a must-roster? I don't know about that, but he's not far off, especially if you are needing rebounds, because that is what he is good at. We have seen that plenty of times in the past. But as we head through this show, I'm sure the first thing on your mind is tax. Maybe it doesn't have to be. Because people think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We'll have unique lives, whether you're invested in crypto for the first time, you own an up-and-coming small business, or you're raising rambunctious twins. 
Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. What a bonus. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. NBA trade deadline, Thursday, February 10th. You know what we're doing. Over on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, we've got a live show from 2 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Kim Becker, with analysis on the trades by John Corrales and by me, Josh Lloyd. We're going to be talking about all the trades that go down across the NBA. My immediate, instant, rapid-fire trade reaction for fantasy leagues as well. And it's all over on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. So head over to that channel. Hit the notification bell, and when we go live 2 p.m. on Thursday, you will know about it. Rockets and the Pelicans. We just saw this game yesterday. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. I don't think Eric Gordon's going to play. He's doubtful to play. He didn't practice with that heel sauna. So I think we get another start with the, uh, the Alperen. No, with the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun. Had some foul trouble last game. Didn't get really many shots, but stuffed it in other areas. 6 4 1 2. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks was good. If that's a 12-6-4-1-2 line, it's really, really good. I think he's a must-roster player. Let's see what happens at the deadline. Can he maintain a starting role? Is Gordon going to get traded and that's what they're going to go with? Is he going to get 25 off the bench regardless? I don't think you can leave him on the wide. There will be ups and downs. There will be plenty of them. And I'm not here to tell you that he's a league winner because he's not. But you can't leave him on your wire just to see what happens here. And with Eric Gordon likely out, Gary Bird... He's probably going to get more opportunities. Garrison Matthews, Josh Christopher, they're going to step up. So Garrison Matthews, watching what he can do. Can he do anything more than hit threes? That's my query with him. But there is extra value here. And then for the Pelicans, of course, we're watching Jackson Hayes, who dominated against the Rockets. Now he gets the same easy matchup this time. But will those same factors work in his favor? Valanchunas fouled out and played 28 minutes. Herb Jones had 2,002 minutes and allowing Hayes to get into that lineup and then score 11 points in that first quarter. So... A few things went his way to get those 29 minutes. Will all of that move in his direction? Will he play brilliantly? Will he have Valanchunas scaling out? Will he have Herb Jones in foul trouble? I would suggest that all three of those things won't happen simultaneously in this game. Probably reducing the value. He's still a guy to grab and see where it goes. But there are a lot of people out there who are very hot. Man, he's killing it. He's dominating. He deserves all this run. Like, did they not watch him for like November, December when he literally didn't play? When he was beaten out for the backup job by Billy Hernan Gomez? Or even two weeks ago when Valanchunas was out and they played him 17 minutes a night with Billy Hernan Gomez playing 30 ahead of him. Like, the, the um, short-term memory loss or the long-term memory loss on Hayes is pretty astounding. He has been great in two of the last three games. One of them, not so good. But people are acting like that he's this like uh, sensation now and he's been unlocked and he's also... I've even seen people saying, well, yeah, that's what happens. He's only, you know, it's only his second season. It's not. He's his th- third year. He's had two years where he's done nothing. All right, so I think we've got to temper those expectations. Again, 12-team league, got to have him. But let's watch. All right, two, two good games out of a season does not make a brilliant player. Just, we've just got to temper it. We've got to temper it with everyone. But I'm seeing some outlandish takes with him. And Devontae Graham, he's been shithouse. Can he do anything that's solid? I don't know. I, I would, honestly, if he didn't care about contracts, Jose Alvarado should play over him. He's better than him. And he's more impactful. He's better defensively. Graham can still hit threes. 
but he can't really do anything else. So he's, I don't think he's a must-roster 12-team league player. Let's look at the Pistons and the Mavericks. Jeremy Grant, he's tanking to stay on a bad team. He's been shocking. Hopefully, we get a good game from him coming soon. But I don't feel particularly comfortable with predicting that. I don't know whether Cade's going to play. He's currently questionable for this game. And then what the hell is going on with Kelly Olynyk, who's played 17, 15, 15, and 14 minutes since returning? Why isn't he playing 20 minutes a night? Why is Trey Lyles getting minutes over him? It's really frustrating. Again, I'm not here to tell you that Olynyk's a brilliant player and needs 30 minutes a night because he's not. Yeah, 22 would be all I'll be asking for here. And I don't know what's going on. If the trade deadline wasn't coming up, if we'd already passed it, I'd just drop him. I wouldn't worry about it. But, and I'm not expecting Jeremy Grant to get moved. But in case he does, in case Trey Lyles gets moved, who knows? I'll just hold for these three more days to see what happens with it, Kelly. But the Mavericks, I think that, you know, we can talk about holding on to ads for the deadline. I think that's worth it. I think Reggie Bullock's worth making that move for now. All right. The minutes are up. The shooting's up. 30-plus in four straight games. Tim Hardaway's not coming back. It is helping that Porzingis is out, and that will probably drop Bullock a little bit, and he will lose some of his shooting efficiency at some point. But he is worth grabbing. Dwight Powell is playing well as well, with Kleber and Porzingis both out, and he'll get another opportunity for some good minutes here, Dwighty. 34 and 36 the last two games. He's been really, really useful. But, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be burning an ad on Dwight Powell at this point. Knicks Nuggets. Kemba Walker. Should play in this game. Hello. It is a back-to-back, but he is sitting out the game on Monday. So he should be playing in this one. But is he going to do anything that gets me interested? Almost definitely not. But then yeah, putting Kemba Walker's here, name here is a placeholder for what do they do with Walker, for Burks, for Quickly, for Grimes? How do they run any of that rotation? Will Julius Randle still be on this team by Tuesday? He's pissy every moment. He's punching laptops. He's fighting with fans. Not fighting physically, but you know, thumbs down and telling them to whatever they want to do. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. I'd like him to actually produce something that was solid. He's been a little bit better of late, but still not particularly great. And then for the Nuggets, this is a deeper cut, but I want to see Zeke Nagy, who's outplayed Jermichael Green and taken him out of the rotation. I think he's better than DeMarcus Cousins at this point. And there's an argument he's better than Jeff Green. Just a name to watch. I don't think he's going to push into 25 minutes, but maybe. And then Farton Will Barton, again, a guy that for so long, and still now, people are not sure he's a must-roster player. He is. Watch him. He needs to be rostered in every league. And just seeing what he can do to stabilize. The Bucks, The Lakers. Punch Bob. He went crazy last game. He's been really, really good, Bobby Portis. How's he going to go against this Lakers team, which is putrid? Probably pretty well, would be my guess. And then uh, Grayson Allen missed last game for them. Is he going to play? What does that mean for Pat Connaughton, who should get some more minutes in the absence of Grayson? And he went crazy in that game against the Clippers, hitting a lot of threes. If this wasn't a weird week, we would stream Pat, but probably don't need to here. For the Lakers, Russell Westbrook was really bad against the Knicks. He was benched down the stretch as well. One of his worst games in the last couple of weeks. Maybe one of the worst games of his entire career. He was really poor. Carmelo Anthony is out. So there's shots to go around. Westbrook should play more minutes. But man, he needs to pull his finger out. And Malik Monk's a must-roster player. Um, he's starting over Avery Bradley. It appears that they will make decisions for that final fifth starting spot between Bradley and Johnson now. Vogel seemed to indicate that Monk will get a starting spot and keep a starting spot. And then Bradley and Johnson will switch in. Your obsession with Avery Bradley, Frank Vogel, is going to lead you to get fired because he is not a good player. And you do not need to play him, let alone start him. But that's what they're apparently trying to do for some reason. The Timberwolves. And the Kings, 
D'Angelo Russell has played pretty well since returning. The shot's not quite there, but the numbers have been really good. So just watching how he goes um, as he's establishing himself as a solid player at the moment. And then some people will drop Jared Vanderbilt bar after last game. It wasn't a good game for him, but please do not panic like that. Just make sure you're holding him. Make sure you're rostering him, watching his minutes, watching his production. Um, just yeah, paying that attention there that needs to be paid. For the Kings, I've got no idea what's going on with Darren Fox and his sore ankle. Will he play or not? He hasn't played since the 19th of January with ankle soreness. Um, so Davion Mitchell's been getting a start, and he is a 12-team league guy while Fox is out. I don't know if Fox plays another game for Sacramento. I really doubt he's traded, but I'm not ruling it out. So we look at Mitchell there, and then Mo Harkless has been flying. I, I don't Again, I don't know why. 30-plus minutes in the last three games. It's helped that Marvin Bagley has been out, and if Bagley is out, then all of Bagley's minutes will probably go to Harkless, and he does become a stream option if we were streaming at this point. But... What are they, if Bagley's healthy, what do they do with Harkless? Do they still play him minutes? Do they still play him at all? I, mean, I don't know. There's, there's a big question mark there. Lastly, or last game, we go to the Magic. They are taking on the Portland Trailblazers. Franz Wagner, a bit disappointing in his last game. I'm expecting a pretty solid bounce back for him. And then Mo Bamba, who was actually better last game. One, two, three, four, five. But my confidence in him is shaken. I don't really believe that he's going to be a 28-minute-a-night guy every night, more like 25. I would not drop Mobamba. I think he's a, I think he's a pretty big candidate to be traded, but I also think if he's traded, he's going to be traded into an 18-minute-a-night role, to be honest. So I am a little bit worried about that. Well, for the Blazers, Anthony Simons was featured on the, the Buy Low show earlier today. His numbers are a little bit down. I expect that they come back up. The minutes will be fine. The usage will be great. The assists should start to fly back up. So watching him. And then Justice Winslow. We're not expecting Eric Bledsoe to play. I don't think Eric Bledsoe is going to ever play for Portland, to be honest. Larry Nance is still out. So Winslow has an opportunity to play some backup five, which is where he thrives, play some at the four, rack up some defensive stats. I don't think that Winslow is a must-roster player, but my mind could be changed depending on the Nance situation and how he looks in the next couple of games. BetOnline is here for you. All of your Super Bowl bets, props, lines, odds, whatever you need, BetOnline has everything you could possibly need. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's look at some back-to-back streamers now. Only a couple of teams with this combination of games on the Tuesday, Wednesday. Remember, hold your streams. Hold your streams. That sounds rude. Um, the Blazers, the Kings, the Wolves, the Lakers. We can look at those guys. Justice Winslow. Chemezi Metu. Winslow's probably the only one I'd maybe consider burning it out on, but probably not. Winslow. Metu. Trendon Watford. Damian Jones. Jaden McDaniels. CJ Allaby. Stanley Johnson. Just for Tuesday, again, 10 games on, hold your, hold your ads. Don't really use this list too much, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway in case you guys have unlimited ads. Dwight Powell, Garrison Matthews, Brandon Clark, Onyeka Okongwu, Nico Batum, Jay Crowder, Joshy Christopher, Justice Winslow, Paddy Connaughton, and Josh Richardson. Deeper leagues, all those same names apply, obviously. And then we're also looking at Tory Craig, Jose Alvarado, Trenton Watford, Chemezi Metu, Blake Griffin, Danny Green, DeAndre Bembry, Isaiah Hartenstein, Josh Green, Grant Williams. And for points leagues to round things out, we're looking at Pat Beverly, who is a must-roster player. Please fix it. Burning out on that. 
Alperen Sengun, he's a must-roster player. Please, burning out on that. Jackson Hayes, I'm not sure if he's quite must-roster, but yeah, look, maybe burning out on that as well. Reggie Bullock, talked about that already. Dwight Powell, Justice Winslow, Dorian Finney-Smith, Brandon Clark, Garrison Matthews, and Blakey Griffin. That will do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app if you're on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.